So we're talking about discerning the next. Now, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where, have you ever got into a situation where you're blindsided by life? It's like, uh, you'll know when you're there, it's kind of like, wow, I did not see that coming. It could be a financial situation. Um, It could be um, something good or something bad. Like both things can blindside you. If you fall in love, has anyone ever fallen in love before? Falling in love blindsides you. It's like being hit by a freight train. At least that was what it was for Shannon and I. We were super intense, super intense, like Romeo and Juliet, two households both alike in dignity and fair Verona where we lay our scene. That's all I know of Romeo and Juliet, but I'm impressed that I can still remember. Um, Thanks, Leonardo DiCaprio. um... But actually, we all have these times where we actually get blindsided by life. And I I sometimes wonder whether that's something that God wants for us or not. Um, We've got different people that we rely on, yeah? So for me, um, I'm... Like, I like to think of myself as quite intelligent. I don't generally think of myself as humble because I think of myself as quite intelligent. Um, But um, I was intelligent. I was, like, book smart. But my mum, man, she was actually worldly wise. Like, she was street smart. So anytime um, something was happening in my life, anytime, particularly socially, I I never quite knew what was going on socially at any given time and still don't, really, um... Particularly socially, um, I'd, I'd go to my mum. I'd go, mum, this, this, is, this is what's happening. What does it actually mean? And like, there's been times in my life where she's literally been the person that's told me that a girl likes me. Mum, this really strange thing is happening. Um, there's this girl that keeps smiling at me. What does it mean? <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so she was great. She had worldly wisdom. She knew how the world worked. She was my go-to around girls. She was my go-to around friends. She was my go-to around bullies, how to deal with bullies. Um, She got me into a lot of trouble with how to deal with bullies. Her her way of dealing with bullies was fairly direct. (laughs) Punch them in the nose and I'll stand up for you when the the teachers come. So good short-term solution. Um, The issue was is that when I fight, I cry. So a bit like Conor McGregor. Too soon? All right, okay. Um, so when I fight, I cry. So I'd punch the bully in the nose and then I'd burst into tears and I'd get in trouble. So that's... Um, so sometimes um, listening to my mum's advice, even though like in her head it was good advice, it got me into hot water and the consequences of that advice meant... But, but the thing was, is I genuinely appreciated her perspective. She had worldly wisdom, right? But the thing was, was once I became full on for Christ, it was about the age of 16... Um, I realized that the Bible actually offered a different way for me to live. And that there were times where um, that way of living was actually at odds with my parents' ideals, the way that my parents lived themselves and the way that my parents would want me to live. Um, And it actually caused arguments every now and again, particularly when it came to things like tithing, like giving to the church. Um, They're pretty anti. Um, Serving, so the church is taking all my time and my money. Prayer, who, who are you talking to? You're, are, are you mad? I think you might be schizophrenic. You're talking to voices. Um, and other disciplines which weren't always translatable into a non-Christian viewpoint. I'm a first-generation Christian, so some of the stuff that I did looked really super weird to my parents, even though like us in this environment would probably consider it to be pretty normal, stock standard, right? 
The thing was, was as I got older, my parents actually started to realize that because of the way that I lived my life, because there was a serious set of ideals that I tried to live up to, um, that I got from the Bible, that I got from the Holy Spirit, that I got from, you know, actually praying and, and discerning what was going on. They realized that the way that Shannon and I lived our lives, the choices that we were making were having a big positive effect on our home, on our family, on our budget, on our work, all, all of that stuff. Because we had a biblical viewpoint, because we had a viewpoint that included the Holy Spirit, um, we actually lived differently and it had a positive effect. We never really got into any financial trouble um, apart from the usual stuff that, you know, HP, 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 uh-oh. You know, that was, that was our first experience. Buy a car, uh-oh. Um, all, all of that kind of stuff. But actually, as we've, as we've grown and as we've uh, learned how to do our budgeting stuff, it's, it's, it's been awesome. So they realised that. And the months after uh, my dad passed away, uh, mum started looking into, uh, leaning more into my thoughts and ideas. Like she was actually looking to me um, for wisdom. And it wasn't actually necessarily my wisdom. It was actually, hey, you always kind of seem to know the right thing to say. Not always. Everyone knows that. Um, You always seem to know often the right thing to say at, at, at hard moments. You always seem to know um, what to do in, in, in difficult situations. And, you know, and, uh, and the months after Dad passed away, there's some really difficult situations. And we actually had, and she started leaning into my thoughts, my ideas, and, and my worldview. And we had several conversations around it. Um, she even said at one stage that being a minister suited me. You actually make a good reverend. I feel like I'm confessing to you. And I'm like, Mum, I'm not that kind of priest. <laughs> but that's okay. I appreciated the, I appreciated the, you know, say 20 Hail Marys and come and see me, you know, I don't know. Take two Panadol and see me in the morning. You know, um, one of the last conversations I had with my mum was actually around how we could best ensure our family was going to be taken care of after she passed away in what we thought was going to be 20, 30, 40 years. So some of the stuff that we talked about in that conversation wasn't actually able to be put in place because uh, mum passed away soon afterwards. But the thing that I realised and the thing that it took a long time for my folks to realise was that she knew that much of my ideas and what she identified as wisdom came from my Christian worldview and values. And I knew it was also the discernment that the Holy Spirit gave me. I have the spiritual gift of discernment, not because it's something that I carry around like a resource, but because I know the Holy Spirit. Because I know the Holy Spirit, I have the gift of discernment. I can ask for the gift of discernment. See, the thing is, and this is what I've realized, and it's taken me a long time to realize it, but this is probably a lesson I learned. It took me 25 years to realize. We can look to the natural for our wisdom, We can look to the natural, our own native wit, or we can look to the supernatural. We can look to the natural for our perspective and our discernment, how we discern something, or we can look to the supernatural. I'll give you an example. I love love reading. Reading reading is amazing. I love the podcasting um, uh, trend, I guess. I mean, it's been going for a long time, so it's not really a trend anymore. People that just sort of sit there and talk about um, just wisdom for like, 30 minutes, an hour, there's really, really long-form podcast as well. Hey, I'm going to talk about this for the next three hours, so buckle in, it's going to be a trip. I don't listen to three-hour podcasts all that often. <laughs> Much like you guys wouldn't listen to a three-hour sermon, so, you know. <laughs> Would you? Okay, no, the market won't handle it. Okay, no worries, that's just a, that was a test. All right. I love podcasting, I love learning. I went to university and really enjoyed my time at university. Um, 
So I've got this natural wisdom, this natural um, stuff that I can amass. So like I've, I've got these two books here today that I want to show you. Here's a 700-page book. This is a guy called Timothy Ferris. Um, Tim Ferris is a, a really, really a guy that I really appreciate. So this is a book called Tools of the Titans. There's 700 pages of um, interviews that he's done with some of the greatest minds in the world. Okay, like how to live your life. Um, it's got stuff like how to, how to work out, what's the most effective way to work out. And his whole deal is basically how to get the maximum effort for the minimum, no, the maximum result for the minimum effort. So for a procrastinator like me, yeah, buddy. All right. So I've got, I've got this book and I really, I, I bought it. And um, I haven't really opened it because I was really convicted after I bought it because I was, you know, I was like, man, if I, if I have these strategies, if I have these tools, I'm going to absolutely win at life. And um, after I bought this book, I actually was really convicted. And I'm still going to read it. There's still stuff in there that, I, you know, I, I like the guy as a podcaster and stuff. But I realized that there's actually this other book of wisdom that I never actually lean into as much as I probably should. Hey, see the thing is, is that um, for a long time, because I valued intelligence, um, I'd lean into podcasting, university, um, people that were smarter than I was. But actually, it's good for a season, and the stuff that might be useful for a time, but actually at the end of the day, we've actually got access to something which has the wisdom of the ages in it. And not only this, not only... Not only this, that we can listen to. There's actually the Holy Spirit that we can listen to as well. That if there's any given situation at any given time, there's an answer there available for you if you're just willing to engage with the one that would give you the answer. Let me put it another way. What would you rather choose? So if you had to choose about um, how, how you received your knowledge, how you received your, your um, ideas, would you... Would you go for a theology degree at Otago University? It would take three years. Um, probably a 50% chance that the theology person would actually have a Christian worldview. That's actually slightly more likely for them not to have a Christian worldview. Or would you rather spend three years with Jesus? See, the thing is, is often we value knowledge over presence. And I think that needs to change. Often we value our knowledge over the presence of of God. Sometimes we value planning over presence. So sometimes we kind of think if we can just control all of the variables, we know exactly how a situation is going to play out. Do we have any planners in the, in the room today? I'm a, I'm a bit of a planner, particularly around conflict. I'll plan that sucker out. The issue being is quite often I'll plan all the negative side. You know, oh, if he says this, I'm going to say this, and then that's going to happen, and then that's going to happen. I'll, I'll plan. I'll be like, mm-hmm bag of potato chips and all that mm -hmm. if actually if we ever get to the point where I say you're a bag of potato chips and all that basically I'm trying to channel Oprah and that's actually vaguely discriminatory and I need to stop that but basically I've run out of other arguments it's, it's kind of like the Oprah equivalent of I know I am but what are you like you know you've, we, we become infantile where was I going with that oh planning uh, there's a lot of us that plan for worst case scenarios man it's always the worst case scenarios. And for some of us, we actually can't deal with when something really good happens in our life. Like anyone with a slightly more critical, like I, I, I'm kind of like that. I'll plan for all the worst case scenarios. And then when someone's nice to me, when I think that they weren't going to be, I don't know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. 
Erwin McManus, who's a, um, just a really, really great, um, really, really great, um, solid, solid um, teacher, solid, solid preacher. Um, he, he says this thing that he chooses planning, uh, sorry, preparation over planning any day of the week. There's these seasons in our lives where we're called to prepare but not necessarily plan. There's things that we can do. And his preparation would include stuff like prayer, spiritual disciplines, giving, serving, making sure you've got the right attitude, heart checks, all of that stuff. He considers preparation to be better because then it doesn't matter what you come against, um, you'll be good to go. Um, He also says this thing that when it comes to a perspective, we need to have a godly perspective because God has the perspective like an eagle, right? So high above, great vision, can see the whole scenario, you know, and it says in the Bible that, that, you know, we saw like eagles. For some of us, some of us are hawks, and our perspective is, is we can see the little field mouse in the field, and that's literally all that we can see. Have you ever become fixated on the one problem in front of you that you can't actually see anything else as a result of fixating on that problem? That's a hawk-like perspective. For some of us, some of us are bats. So we're blindly racing around, narrowly avoiding collisions until our natural senses, the ones that we have, pick them up. So how we perceive our filter determines how we react to a situation. We can try to discern situations using our understanding, or we can use the discernment that the Holy Spirit can bring. Um, I fall into the category of being intelligent, but not always wise. I have a tendency to rely on my own native wit. Um, every single report, like every single one, at least one teacher would say needs to stop relying on his own natural wit. Needs to stop relying on his own moxie, I guess. Rather than lean into that supernatural power that the Holy Spirit brings of wisdom, of clarity, of focus, and of purpose. See, quite often for us, um, when, we, when we think of the Holy Spirit, we think of those great supernatural power encounters, snot on the floor, ugly tears. But actually there's different levels and different layers. One of the things that the Holy Spirit is supposed to do in our lives is supposed to counsel us, supposed to give us discernment, supposed to help it reveal the will of God in our lives. That's actually why the Holy Spirit is within us. All of the demonstration and declaration and all those power things are there as well. There's definitely the dynamis power of God, that, that explosive, the Holy Spirit will do whatever the Holy Spirit does, and that's, that's good. But actually, he's also a wise counselor. He's also a teacher. There's also this person that we can get to know. And that's what I wanted to, to go on today. <laughs> and I mean, we all know this, right? Like if we've... Um, if we've been tracking along in this Christian walk for a while, we know that the Holy Spirit is there for us. We know that, there's, there's, that, that the Holy Spirit is there walking alongside us every single day. And then we just kind of become aware of, oh, yeah, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. We're trying to make decisions in the natural, and quite often it's like, you know, God drops a word in your spirit, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. It doesn't have to be as hard as we're making it. See, the Apostle Paul, Paul knew this, and this is the, the, um, the passage I wanted to go into. That to the best reach this generation, to best reach the generation that he lived in, which was like the greatest critical thinking generation ever. So all of modern Western thinking 
like the way that people structure arguments, the, paper, the way that people structure essays, the way that people structure um, thoughts, all happened around the time that Paul was alive. Like it was in that era. It was in that, you know, that like the best thing you could be at that time was a philosopher. Like that was what was valued. So plus or minus 300 years, the best thing that you could be was a philosopher. But he realised it wasn't going to be arguments and polished frameworks that meant that we were going to reach the next generation. The world in which he lived in formed the basis for our modern Western thinking. He knew he, knew he needed the wisdom that only the Holy Spirit could bring. And this is what I wanted to read to you today. So 1 Corinthians 2. I've done the message because Eugene Patterson, like he passed away just this week and just incredible, incredible man of God. So um, I just love the, the thing. So this is in 1 Corinthians 2, right? Paul's talking to the Corinthians. And so Corinth was literally one of the, um, one of the wisest places in the world. There were universities, there were all kinds of things there, right? And so he's talking to the church at Corinth. This is what he says. You'll remember, friends, that when I first came to you to let you in on God's masterstroke, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept it plain and simple. And how's, how's this for talking about a Christian walk? So in one sentence, first, Jesus and who he is. Then Jesus and what he did, Jesus crucified. I was unsure how to go about this and felt totally inadequate. Man, how often do we not engage with, the, with culture because we feel so inadequately equipped? I was scared to death if you want the truth of it. And so nothing I could have I said could have impressed you or anyone else. But the message came through anyway. God's spirit and God's power did it. Which made it clear that your life of faith as a response to God's power. So we turn to faith because God meets us in a situation, meets us in a mess, not to some fancy mental or emotional footwork by me or anyone else. Have you ever tried to argue someone into the kingdom of heaven? How's that work for you? <laughs> we, of course, have plenty of wisdom to pass on to you once you get your feet on firm spiritual ground, but it's not popular wisdom. The fashionable wisdom of high-priced experts that will be out of date in a year or so. <laughs> it's almost like he's speaking to today's generation. God's wisdom is something mysterious that goes deep into the interior of his, of his purposes. There's a depth to God's purpose for our life. You don't find it lying around on the surface. Man, one of the most, um, one of the most challenging things... That, um, that someone said to me um, this year is a, a guy, Jason uh, Lorenzo, Lorenzo, Lorenzo. Um, he, he made this statement, man, there's so many Christians around that are a mile wide and an inch deep. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm a mile wide. Oh my goodness, I'm a... That wasn't a fat thing. That's not okay for you to laugh at that. Unbelievable. Um, youth, man. Um, so a mile wide and an inch deep. It's like, man, I, I love reaching the next generation for Jesus, but how deep am I? It's like, hmm. You don't find it lying around on the surface. It's not the latest message, but it's more like the oldest message. <laughs> what God determined is the way to bring out his best in us long before we ever arrived on the scene. The experts of our day haven't got a clue about what this eternal plan is. Man, there's some wisdom there. If they had, 
they wouldn't have killed the master of the God-designed life on a cross. That's why we have the scripture text. No one's, uh, no one's ever seen or heard anything like this. Never so much as imagined anything quite like it. What God has arranged for those who love him. But you've seen it and you've heard it because God, by his spirit, has brought it all out into the open before you. That's the message version. The, the um, version that you guys are probably more familiar with is the NIV version, which is what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived. The things that God has prepared for those who love, uh, for those that, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by His Spirit. It goes on to say, the spirit, not content to flit around on the surface, dives into the depths of God and brings out what God has planned all along. Whoever knows what you're thinking and planning except you yourself? The same with God, except that he not only knows what he's thinking, but he lets us in on it. God offers a full report on the gifts of life and salvation that he is giving, uh, that he's giving us. We don't have to rely on the world's guesses and opinions. We didn't learn this by reading books or going to school. We learned it from God, who taught us person to person through Jesus. There's this one-on-one relationship that takes place. And we're passing it on to you in the same first-hand, personal way. The unspiritual self, just as it is by nature, can't receive the gifts of God's Spirit. There's no capacity for them. They seem like so much silliness. Like you look at it from the outside. I mean, who really wants the gift of tongues? Get up at a got a Yamaha, should have bought a Honda. <laughs> hope you guys uh, hope you guys feel exhorted and encouraged by that. Like the gift of tongues from the outside doesn't look like something that you'd want to desire. It looks like, oh, he's speaking that babble again. But actually, this in the depths of God and in God's wisdom, there's this language that we can speak that actually surpasses our own brain, that surpasses anything. Like it confuses the enemy, is one of the things that it says in Corinthians. Confuses the enemy, goes straight to. Straight to the top, straight to the source. We whisper, when we speak in tongues over our lives, we're saying stuff that even we don't comprehend. Like you imagine prophesying about yourself and you don't even really quite understand it. Interesting, eh? Just a thought. We don't have to rely on the world's guesses and opinions. We didn't learn this by reading books. Okay, we learned it from God who taught us person. Okay, and we're passing Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll just find my place, shall I? All right. Great talk. Spirit can only be known by spirit. God's spirit and our spirits in open communion. I mean, that's worship, isn't it? That's getting into the presence of God. That's actually putting, taking yourself out of your life for a minute and putting yourself to the side and actually seeking after God's spirit. I don't, I don't know if I do that as often as I should. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think life could be a whole lot easier for me if I actually just put genuine time aside for God to speak into my life. Where I just genuinely engage with the Holy Spirit. Whether it's through worship, whether it's through reading the Word, whether it's through, I don't know, listening, listening to spiritual podcasts, whatever. But you're actually putting yourself in a position where you can actually hear from God. For some of us, it might be going hunting for a week. All right? For some of us, it might be just listening to the Spotify playlist. 
but making that space for God to speak into your life is so, so important. And if we're not doing it, we need to start. Spiritually alive. So if we, if we have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit within us, this is what happens. This is the consequence of it. This is why it's a really good thing, okay? Spiritually alive, we have access to everything God's Spirit is doing. Man, that sounds quite good, really. God, what are you doing in this situation? Being able to go, God, what are you doing in this situation? And he speaks to you. Good deal. Great, great deal. Have you ever, have you ever had an argument with someone and you realise about halfway through that the argument that you're having with the person is actually not about you at all? They're just having a really bad day? Oh, this isn't about me at all. This, you've just got stuff going on in your life. Oh, this isn't about me at all. You've just got, you know... Spiritually alive, we have access to everything God's Spirit is doing and can't be judged by unspiritual critics. Isaiah's question, is there anyone around who knows God's Spirit, anyone who knows what he is doing, has been answered. Christ knows, and we have Christ's Spirit. I'm going to finish up in just a minute, all right? So the question then for us is, so this is our application. So, I mean, just answer the question yourself, all right? Um, Here's my questions. Where do you go for your wisdom? Where do you go for your wisdom? What's your source? Where do you go for your discernment? So if you don't know what's happening in a situation in your life, what do you, how, how do you deal with that? Do you just walk around blindly and just hope you don't bump into walls like the bat? Do you try and focus on one, one situation, one circumstance in your life at the, at the cost of everything else? Or do you go to the one that has the, the perspective like the eagle that can actually see everything that's going on? Are you trying to operate on your own wits? Some of us only have half of them, which is a problem. Some of us try to rely on being witty or humorous. Um, That that works quite often to an extent. Um, Maybe not after. um, One of the things that, like I I like to consider myself to be quite humorous, and my sister is quite humorous. After the death of our parents, one of the things that we did that um, wasn't real super good was we used humor to get through it. Really good for us. Really, really terrible for everyone else in that whole situation. Like really, really dark kind of, like it was really useful for us, but it, it meant that it wasn't always the best, best thing for other people. So you're relying on your own wits, or are you leaning into the wisdom that only through knowing the Holy Spirit you can discern? See, the thing is, is how we operate, and we, we choose, this is, this is what happens, we choose to operate it when times are good, so like, it's almost like we set ourselves because once we get pressed, what's in us will come out of us. So you've got to make sure that you put the good stuff in and you decide the good stuff before the pressure comes on. Because then otherwise, it's only once you're through that situation that you actually go, oh yeah, I should have done this and I should have done that and I should have done that. And that becomes a debrief. How we operate, how we make our decisions, what we consider to be wisdom is coloured by our beliefs, our worldview, and who we allow to speak into our lives. See, for Paul, Paul said it was only by the Holy Spirit. Then we can know how we live our life. Then we know how we can live our life in a way that's according to God's purpose for us. We're, um, we're entering into a new season. And um, more means more of everything. So there'll be more highs, 
there'll be more lows. There'll be more people coming in, which means that there'll be more broken people coming in. And how we decide, or how we decide to operate now in this preparation season is actually going to set us up for the next season. So how you decide to live your life now personally in your own life is actually going to set you up for the next season, whether it's good or bad. Like regardless of what happens, regardless of what plans you had, if you prepare yourself well. So my encouragement for you guys is actually press into the Holy Spirit now. Press into the Holy Spirit now. Press into the Holy Spirit now in this time of preparation. For some of you guys, some of you guys are going through a hard season right now. And I've got great news for you. Man, the Holy Spirit wants to intercede for you in that situation. There's wisdom and discernment there for you in in your current situation. And so I think that one of the things that we need to do, not just on a Sunday, but we need to push into, we need to push into the Holy Spirit every single day. Whatever that looks like for you. And so that whatever that spirit, whatever those spiritual disciplines are. I mean, for some of you guys, some of you guys may, may not have tried fasting before. What does that look like? What does that mean? For some of you guys, some of you guys may not have tried, um, well, what how do I how do I align my finances with the way that God would have my finances go. Yeah. Um, for Shan and I, for us as a church, I guess, you know, one of the things that we're going to do next week is we're going to take up our vision offering. Now, this is us preparing ourselves for the next season. This isn't a hard sell at all, but all I want you to do is this week, I want, we need to be discerning. We need to be wise. We need to be able to set ourselves up as a church so that in this next season, um, it's actually, the preparation is there. Um, uh, the thought that I've had um, probably over the last four weeks, um, and it's not related to this, and I'll finish in a minute, but the thought that I had is like, um, when it come to when it come to Joseph, right? Joseph had a season of preparation for seven years. He knew a famine was coming in seven years' time and spent seven years preparing for that famine. There's a season of preparation and there's a season of execution. Now, we've seen great growth this year, which is awesome. But I, I really honestly believe that this is our season of preparation. So we're seeing growth and this is preparation. Well, if that's the case, what does, what does the execution look like? So let's put stuff in place now that's going to put us in a great position for the next season. It's not just wisdom. It's not earthly wisdom. I, I believe that this is something that God wants us to do because we choose to do this thing together. The church is not one person. The church is not the worship team. The church is not whoever's got the mic at any given time. This is what we choose to do together for the next season. And we want to have wisdom and discernment in it, which means that we need to press into God more. We need, we need to fast. We need to pray. We need to... Just press into the Holy Spirit.